0: The Holy Gospel according to John, the 15th chapter. Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. bear much fruit. Because apart from me, you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. The Gospel of the Lord. To you, Christ.
1: Today, as we give thanks to God for 60 years of mission and ministry, let's begin by remembering what it was like back in the year. 1958, the average yearly income was $4,650. A gallon of gas could be purchased for less than a quarter, 24 cents. A postage stamp sold for four cents. The toy company wham introduced the hula hoop. The very first Visa and American Express credit cards were issued. NASA was created. You could count the number of TV stations on one hand, and there were only 48 stars on the American flag. Of course, there were no cell phones, no computers, there was no voicemail, no Internet, and no GPS. And on the third Sunday of Easter april 27th 1958 51 people gathered for worship in the upper room of a house on dunkirk lane and there together they formally organized themselves into what is today saint philip the deacon lutheran church The church bulletin was prepared on a typewriter and reproduced on a mimeograph machine, and the finances of the church were recorded by hand in ink in a paper ledger. I have a copy of page one. Actually, I have officially page one. You can sort of see. The very first entry, first collection. $38.75. A little later, it notes that they reimbursed Richard Clem, one of the charter members, $5.55 for the church mailbox. I don't know for sure if they actually had hymn books at that very first service, but the order of worship most certainly would have been taken from this hymn book. Does anybody remember This red one, this is the service book and hymnal. I haven't looked at this hymnal for a long time, but when I took it off my shelf last week and opened it up, I'll tell you, it brought me right back to the pews at Ebenezer Lutheran Church in Minneapolis and Gethsemane Lutheran Church in Hopkins, the churches of my childhood. In all likelihood, the worshipers that day heard these words read from the prophet Isaiah because they would have been the appointed reading for that day. Isaiah wrote, those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. Surely those words would have been encouraging and inspirational to a people who were on a mission to grow the church and to expand the kingdom of God. One of the appointed readings for us for today is from the eighth chapter of acts you heard that read just a moment ago you also heard the children's message about it it's the story of philip and his encounter with the ethiopian eunuch perhaps you know this already but that is our story now i have to pause here for just a moment to tell you something really important about this passage from Acts chapter 8. that reading comes up just once every three years in the lectionary cycle, so I want you to know that I did not select it for today. It just came up on this, our 60th anniversary. I believe that that is not a coincidence or pure luck or a happy accident. That would be providential, divinely inspired. So, as I was saying, perhaps you know this already, but Acts 8 contains our story. This is the story that ignited the imaginations of the charter members of our church. This is the story from where our name comes, St. Philip the Deacon. This is the story that gave rise to our mission statement, reach out, proclaim, inspire. In fact, this story is so important to who we are that if you look around the worship center, you will see it visualized in three different ways. First of all, at the entrance along the west wall, so right back in that corner, there are three icons telling the story of Saint Philip. It's been said that a picture is worth a thousand words and that is absolutely true of these images. They are worth, each one of them, long meditative moments as each encounter reveals a new truth and a deeper understanding of what God has done for us in Christ Jesus please take a moment today and stop. Read the plaques alongside them and try to discover all of the things they have to offer you. Secondly, the stained glass windows which surround us with the story of salvation include a window for this, our story. Can you find it? Give you a moment. Well, let me help you. This is Genesis over here. We go all around the biblical narrative, concluding with the last picture, the eternity window from Revelation. Three before the last one is the Saint Philip the Deacon window. You see the chariot wheel there, but you should also see in the background the scroll, of course, representative of telling the story and sharing the good news of Christ. And then finally, the most recent addition is the statue of St. Philip the Deacon located in the chapel. Each Sunday morning at exactly 8.07 a.m., the pastors and staff members, and frankly anyone else who wants to, gathers around it. And together we pray for the morning and for this faith community that God's word would be rightly proclaimed, warmly received, and generously shared. These visual images are here to remind you of our story, of who we are, from where we have come, and what we are about. Do you remember when Joshua led the people of Israel across the River Jordan? After they safely reached the other side at God's command, one leader from each of the 12 tribes returned to the riverbed and gathered up a large stone They covered the 12 stones with words detailing everything they had learned about God and about themselves after 40 years in the wilderness. They cemented those 12 stones together, forming a large monument, and of it, God said, now, when you and future generations pass by these stones and your children ask, what is that? You tell them the story. These visual images here are like that for us. When someone asks, what is that? You tell them the story. We tell stories for all kinds of reasons, but perhaps the most important reason is as a gift to future generations. Let me say that again. We tell stories for all kinds of reasons, but perhaps the most important is that we tell stories as a gift to future generations. John Wimmer, a Methodist minister, said that we suffer from what he called, story starvation. He observed that while we are surrounded 24-7 by stories, played out on hundreds of television stations, streamed online, online, viewed in movie theaters, there is hardly a story, he said, that feeds the soul. In a survey conducted by the Pulpit and Pew Project, clergy were asked to identify the most important problems they face in ministry. Some of the issues named were conflict in the church, long hours, lack of a private life, unrealistic expectations, worry over numbers, both in attendance and in giving. Can you guess what the most frequently cited problem was? You want to know? The difficulty of reaching people with the gospel. The difficulty of reaching people with the gospel. 80% of clergy named this as a problem, which is where our story comes in. Philip was told by an angel to go on a road in the wilderness, and there he met a eunuch who was not named. The eunuch is reading from the prophet Isaiah when Philip meets up with him. Philip asked, Do you understand what you are reading? The eunuch answered, How can I unless someone guides me? So Philip and the eunuch sit together in the chariot, and in verse 35 it says, Philip opened his mouth, and beginning with this scripture, He told him the good news of Jesus. I tell you, if there is such a thing as story starvation, and if clergy wrestle with reaching people with the good news, then this story, our story, speaks an important word of encouragement. The Bible says, and it says it so simply, Philip told him the good news of Jesus Christ. Mind you, this was an unexpected encounter. It's not like Philip had prepared anything. He didn't have a well-crafted proclamation of the good news or a sermon or a lecture or a PowerPoint. He didn't have notes. Most importantly, he just didn't miss the opportunity. He jumped right in, and right there in the middle of the dusty wilderness road, he told the story that he knew so well and that he loved to tell. Sixty years ago, that is what the Church of St. Philip the Deacon was called to do. Tell the story, share the good news, reach out and proclaim Christ crucified and risen. And here we are, 60 years later, 51 has become Five thousand and millions and millions of dollars have been given away for the sharing of the gospel. We have built churches and schools and hospitals all around the world, and now we're putting shoes on the feet of children so they can get an education. Every single week, in wonderfully creative and meaningful ways, your gifts continue to make a difference in the world. I want to close this morning with a prayer taken right out of the 60-year-old service book and hymnal, this particular prayer is listed to be prayed on the occasion of a church anniversary. Let us pray. O God, who year after year dost return us to the day of the founding of this congregation, and ever dost bring us again into the presence of thy holy mysteries. Hear the prayers of thy people, And grant that whosoever shall enter this temple to seek blessings may rejoice in his desires wholly fulfilled through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.